All right, take your Bibles today to uh, John chapter 7. John chapter 7. You know, one of, the, one of the biggest struggles that people have in life is that we are so wrapped up and concerned with what other people think about us. Uh, we, we are consumed and we think that, you know, people are, uh, we, we believe that people are judging us and they're looking at us and they're, they're judging us. And can I set uh, your mind and your heart at ease? They are, all right? It's just the reality of, of the world that we live in. Now, I know the world says, hey, listen, we shouldn't judge other people and, and um, we should basically mind our own business. And, um, and, and the truth is, that is not biblical. The problem is not judging people. The problem is when we judge people based on our preferences, based on our understanding, our religion, and not the truth. You know, we live in a day and age today where they want Christianity to be quiet. They want preachers. They want the Bible not to be preached and proclaimed. They don't want to hear truth. They want to live according to their own devices and their own desires. And, and so when somebody speaks up about truth, they get mad and they say, well, you're just being judgy and you're not supposed to judge us. And that really is not true. We're supposed to judge, but judge based on, based on the truth of Scripture. There is a right way to judge people, actions, motives, situations, and the Bible has to be the, the standard. So when it comes to, to any topic in life, let, let's talk about the big topics in, in, in the world today, homosexuality. How do we judge that? Well, based on the truth of Scripture. We, we judge it based on what the Bible says, not my preference, not, not if I want to have friends or if I want to be liked. And unfortunately, we see that more and more today. People just want to be liked. They want to have a following. They want to build their own kingdom instead of judging based on, on truth. And so what happens is we become quiet. We become quiet or politically correct, all in the name of, of being liked and or being accepted in our society today. But we're not to judge on our own principles and our own desires, but to judge on, on Scripture. And, and listen, this idea of judging people wrongly has been a problem throughout history. And you'll see here in John chapter 7, Christ dealt with that. He dealt with it uh, in the, the lives of the Pharisees, and we see it throughout the New Testament. And Jesus, as he's battling this, he's going to teach against this idea of judging incorrectly. And so in John chapter 7, the last verse that Kevin read just a few moments ago, he says, judge not according to the appearance. I want you to notice, he doesn't say judge not. He says, judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. So we see the idea is there is a right way to judge and there is a wrong way to judge. And we're going to deal with that today. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. And I pray that you would help us in our own walk with you. And Lord, I pray that you would challenge our hearts. And whatever the spiritual need is for each person here, each person that hears this sermon online or television later, Lord, I pray that you'd work in our hearts and lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you'll remember back with me to last week, the context there in this passage is Jesus uh, is about six months before he's going to go to the cross, and he was just with his brothers, his uh, half-brothers biologically here in this world, and they said, hey, why don't you go up to Jerusalem and do some big things? Why don't you put on a show and gain followers? And Jesus says, listen, I'm not going in the way that you want me to go because it's not time. 
Now, the first thing I want you to see from our passage today is that God's ways are different than our ways. God's ways are different than our ways. Last week we saw that his brothers wanted him to go up publicly. And Jesus says he was not going to do this. Look at verse number 10. But when his brethren were gone up, remember he told them to go up to the feast. And when they had gone up, then went he also up unto the feast, but not openly, but as it were in secret. The Jews sought him at the feast and said, where is he. Now, his brothers wanted him to go up publicly, but Jesus goes up secretly because the Jews, those religious leaders of that day, they wanted to, they, they wanted to kill him. Now, often think, oftentimes we think that we know what God should do. And this is what I picture Jesus and his brothers there in their home having this conversation maybe in the front yard. And, and they're saying, hey, why don't you go up? You're, you're supposed to be this, this great miracle worker, this great healer. If you went up to Jerusalem, man, you could put on a show. You can um, gain some followers. And, and maybe they were mocking him. I don't know what they were doing. But, but we see that they were pushing him. And Jesus tells them, listen, you don't understand what's going on. And you don't realize that it's not my time yet. You see, God's timing and God's ways are not always our timing and our ways. But this is what we like to do. We like to tell God what to do. Don't we? We, we like to tell God what we're going to do or what he should do in our life and our circumstances. And oftentimes when God doesn't do it the way that we think it should be done or at the time that we think it should be done, then we want to question God. We want to ask him why. We want to challenge him. Well, why didn't you do it the way that I wanted it done? Why didn't you do it when I wanted it done? God, why am I going through this? And why, why is this happening to me? And we're constantly questioning God about why because we're upset. But you know, we should ask God, why? What are you trying to do for me? What are you trying to do through me? God, not why is this happening to me, but God, why is this happening to me? What am I supposed to get out of this? What am I supposed to learn? What am I supposed to do for other people? But we struggle with this idea of God's ways being greater than our ways. We struggle with the thought that God's time is different than our time. We struggle with God not being there and doing everything the way that we want it to be done. But realize God's ways are different than our ways. So when it comes to this idea of judging... This is why it's so important that we realize God's ways are different than our ways. Because everybody in here has, has an idea and has an opinion about everything. I, I can name any, if I named, let's say it's college football started this weekend, right? If I said college, if I just named, just said college football, give me your opinion about college football, there would be a battle over who is the best. We all know who's the best. I'm not even going to say it today, uh, but roll tide, we just know it's true, but, that, but we all have our opinion about who's the best team, and it's amazing. Your team, your team could lose by 50, and you're still going to say they're the best because that's your opinion, because you're, you're a fan, and everybody should be a fan of, of, your, of your team. But we can throw out any subject, any matter, and you're going to have an opinion about it. I can throw out issues of political uh, or agendas today, and you're going to have your opinion, and somebody over here could have a different opinion than, than somebody over here. We have this perception that we are right, and we, we know what should be done. And we love to tell everybody about it. 
And then when people do things and it goes wrong, we say, see, I told you so. You should have listened to me and this wouldn't, this wouldn't be your problem. And everybody's looking at their parents and looking at their spouse. And, and, and that, that, but that's our perspective in life. And we treat God in the same way. Instead of going to the Bible and seeing what's God's opinion, and really not opinion, God's truth on a matter, we come and say, okay, God, well, how come you're not doing it the way that I want? Or this is what it should be. And we could really throw out any area of our life but my friend, when, we, when it comes to judging, when it comes to judging a political issue, we need to go to the Bible and see what God's word has to say instead of what's best for me. I, I love it today. We, we, uh, we're in this uh, arena where the government's just printing money. I mean, they're just printing money. And I mean, they're, they're just somewhere in a basement. They're just printing money and writing checks and they're just throwing money out there all over the place. And you know what's funny is people that would be against the current government are all excited when the government pays their bills, right? For instance, I'm going to tell you where I stand on this uh, whole paying for your student loans, all right? Because some of us had to work to pay our way through school and some of us had to work to pay our student loans back and take care of our responsibilities, but, but that's a whole other issue. But, um, but I know people that would be against the government, but man, they're praying that they'll pass this, this bill so that they'll pay their student loans back. I mean, because if we can get a handout... If we can get somebody to take care of us, then man, we'll sacrifice the truth and we'll sacrifice what we believe is right if we're getting something out of it. And, 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 I, and I'm telling you right now, that's the world we live in right now. People are paying people off to get what they can and I'm not trying to make this a political issue, but that's how we often operate. Instead of saying, okay, what is true, what is right, we think what is best for me, what, is make, what makes me comfortable uh, for me in my life. You know, we do the same thing with God's will. We, we do the same thing with God's will. Now listen, I'll do whatever you want, God, as long as I'm comfortable, as long as I have a good salary, as long as I have a good home, as long as I can drive a nice car, as long as I can eat the food that I want, as long as I can you know, go out on date nights with my wife and, and we can go out on Friday and enjoy ourselves, as long as everything lines up in the lifestyle that I want, then I'll do your will. Now, if your will means that I'm going to have to sacrifice something, now I have to question it and challenge it because God would not want me to be, to, to be without something. I mean, there's no, God would not want me to, to struggle and have a trial in my life. There's no way. God's, God's a loving God. There's no way. Hey, listen, let's read the Bible from the beginning to the end. And let's hold to every truth of Scripture. The Bible says we're going to go through some things and we're going to have some difficulties and we're going to have some trials in our life, when we, especially when we seek to live for God and to honor Him with our life. We have to judge and live according to truth and not our own comfort and preferences. And listen, God's ways are different than our ways. And we see that as Jesus is, is interacting with His brothers, they say, hey, go publicly, put on a big show. And he comes privately because he says it's not God's will. It's not God's timing. Number two, then, I want you to see in verses 11 through 13, man's wonder or man's questioning. Verse 11, the Bible says, Then the Jews sought him at the feast and said, Where is he? And there was much murmuring among the people concerning him, for some said, He is a good man. Others said, Nay, but he deceiveth the people. Howbeit no man spake openly of him for fear of the Jews. Now the Jews were looking for Jesus. They were wondering where he was because they sought, they sought to kill him. But the people we see in the crowds were wondering and asking this question, Who is, 
Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? You know, that's an important question for you and I to understand. And listen, we, we don't need to, to understand that based on the, the, um, the world around us and their views of who Jesus is. We, we need to understand who Jesus is based on the truth. People, some believe that he was a good man, the Bible tells us here. Some believe that he was a liar and he, he was deceiving uh, the people. And you know, people have asked this question throughout history. We see Jesus' own, Jesus approaches his disciples in Matthew chapter 16 and he says, listen, who do men say that I am? And listen to what Jesus says. When he came into the coast there of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? You see, Jesus, when he asked them this question, they respond, and where did people come up with these ideas? Where did people come up with the fact that maybe he's Moses, maybe he's Elijah, maybe he's, he's Jeremiah? It was just their assumption. It was just their opinion. But Jesus asks his disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter says this, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus is going to go on in that passage to say, you know what? Flesh and blood did not tell you that. It, it wasn't man that taught you who I am, but it was God himself. Do you see the importance of understanding the truth, the word of God? It wasn't man's opinion or man's thought that taught you who I was, but it was God himself. And listen, church, we need to come to the place in life where we're not concerned with what men think. We're not concerned with the teaching of men, but we're concerned with what God tells us and what the truth of God's word is. The people were wondering, who, who is Jesus? Who, who is Jesus? Do you wonder at that? Can I tell you the Bible tells us who he is? He is God that came in the flesh. He is God that loved you and me so much that he took on the form of a man and he died and was obedient and to the will of God even to the point where he went to the cross and died for your sin. Listen, I don't care what the world says about who Jesus is. I care what God says about who Jesus is. And Jesus, uh, God tells us that he is the savior of the world. And you're, if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, my friend, you are on your way to hell, separated from God for all eternity. But Jesus died for you. They sang just a few moments ago, Jesus paid it all. You know why we sing that song? Because that's what God tells us. Jesus paid it all for your sin to reconcile you back to God so that you, you can have a relationship with a holy God. Hey, listen, that's what God tells us. I don't care about the opinions of man when it comes to religion. And maybe you're here today wondering who is God and what's this religious thing about? Hey, listen, quit listening to the popular people of the world and the opinions of society and get into the word of God and listen to the truth about who Jesus is and how you can have your sins forgiven. The people were wondering, who is Jesus? And then we come to number three, the message. The message. We're going to look at through verses 14 to 24 for our next two points. But I want you to, I want to walk through these verses and I want you to see the message of Jesus here. He says there, how about in verse 14, or excuse me, now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went into the temple, notice there, and he taught. 
And so we're here in the middle of this Feast of Tabernacles, and Jesus makes his way to the temple. And he's teaching, and the Bible says the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? The first thing I want you to see is that Jesus taught the Scriptures. That's what they're talking about when they say the letters. Jesus comes into the temple, and he's teaching them the Bible. He's teaching them the, the Word of God. Now, they're struggling with how did, he, how did he know this? Because he never came to our school. He never sat at our feet and, and learned of us. How in the world does he know so much? Well, he's the Son of God. He is the Word incarnate. He is the one that gave us this Word. That's how he knows it. But I want you to notice here, Jesus is making a point when he gets there to teach them the scriptures because that's what all of us should go back to. They, they should go back to the scriptures, but they, these Pharisees, they struggled with that. Look with me on verse number 16. Jesus answered them and said, my doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. He, he taught the word of God and the message of, of God. Here, they were running around teaching man's religion and man's prefer preferences, excuse me, but he came them to teach the word of God. Verse 17, if any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God, whether I speak of myself. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory, but he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. We see that he taught to glorify God. He, he preached what he preached because he wanted not to bring attention to himself, but he wanted to glorify God. I want to bring your attention back there to verse 17. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine. You know, we, we live in a, a society today that we've we, we want to question everything, and we want to challenge everything. And, you know, we, we set up think tanks, and, and people are paid to, to uh, just sit around and wonder and come up with ideas and, and new uh, opinions out there. And that's kind of the way our world has gone. And, and, and Christ is saying, listen, you guys are so busy sitting around talking, you're doing nothing. If you really believe this, then you'll do it. If you really believe the scriptures, then you apply them to your life. And this was the big struggle in, in the lives of these Pharisees and these Jewish leaders is they were so consumed with what everybody else was doing, they weren't living for God themselves. They were so busy regulating the life of everybody else, they weren't doing what they were supposed to do in their own life. They talked about it. They talked about it, and you know, we struggle with that in our world today. There's a lot of, hey, going to church, isn't there? There's a lot, hey, hey we're, we're going to church. Hey, Sunday, we, we go to church. Well, why do we go to church? Because well, it's what we do. Well, we're Christians, so we go to church. And, and we lose sight of the fact that, listen, we don't just go to church, but we are the church. And we're to take the truths of God's word and then apply them to our life. Hey, I want you to understand, it's not enough just to come here. It's not enough to just hear the words and hear the truth, but we need to take that step of applying them. That's why James said, don't be just hearers of the word, but be what? Doers also. We need to come and hear the truth of the word of God and to be taught and learn the scriptures, but then we gotta take that step and apply it to our life. And you know why many people are sitting around judging other Christians? 
Because you're doing nothing in your life. You have too much time in your hands. Hey, listen, we, sh- listen, we should be so busy with our relationship with God, we don't have time to, to be judging everybody else and running around looking and seeing what everybody else is doing. Hey, listen, one of the, the biggest issues in our society today is social media. It's social media. Two reasons. Number one, we get out there, we get depressed because everybody else's life is better than ours. Right? I mean, we all see that. We get on there, and listen, everybody else is going on vacations, and they have buying new things and all this stuff. And wait, wait, we don't have that. My life isn't as great as theirs. Listen, their life is not as great as theirs either. All right? Their, their life is not as great as what they're portraying on social media. Uh, so understand that. The second thing we do is, is we sit there, and we go through social media, and we judge everybody for what they're posting on there. Well, I mean, you know, they could have given some, that money to missions instead of buying that. I mean, that's pretty selfish, you know, that they would, you know. I mean, look at that house. You know, I mean, my house isn't as great as that house. I can't believe they would go on vacation there. I can't believe they would do this. And we sit down there and we judge everybody else. And so we're either miserable because we're depressed, our life isn't their life, or we're miserable because we're sitting there and we're judging them. And we're so consumed. And Jesus says, listen, do, just live for God. Apply the truth. Obey what God's word says. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine. You know why a lot of people struggle in the assurance of their salvation? Because they're not living for God. Listen, if you were living the Christian life and you were doing the things that God wanted you to do and, and you were being faithful to God, Hey, listen, you wouldn't have time to sit around and think and wonder and question. And, and then you'd also see the hand of God working in your life. We sit at home and we do nothing and we complain and gripe and we judge. And then we question, is God real? Hey, hey, listen, I know God's real because I see his hand in my life every day through the blessings and the trials. As we live for God and we serve him and we're active in our church and we're reaching people and we're inviting people to church and we're seeing God's hand and seeing his handiwork in our world around us, that strengthens our faith. But when we're sitting around and we're lazy and we're doing nothing and we're complacent in our walk with God, we don't read the scriptures, we don't apply them to our life, guess what happens? We begin to wonder, we begin to question, we begin to challenge God, even to the fact whether or not he's, he's real. Listen, Jesus said, I'm preaching to promote God. You know, one of the greatest ways that we can glorify God with our life is listening to him, obeying him, doing what he's called us to do. And then look at verse 19 and following. He says, did, as he's teaching them, did not Moses give you the law, and yet none of you keepeth the law? Why go ye about to kill me? The people answered and said, thou hast a devil who goeth about to kill thee. Jesus says to them, listen, because of what I've done, you guys want to kill me. And they're, they're saying, you're a little ridiculous. Like, I mean, really, who's, who's, who's trying to kill you? Jesus answered and said to them, I have done one work, and ye all marvel. And he's talking about when he healed the man at the pool on the Sabbath day. Moses therefore gave you unto you circumcision, not because it is of Moses, but because of the Father. Not because it is of Moses, but of the Father. And ye on the Sabbath day circumcise a man. If a man on the Sabbath day receives circumcision, that the law of Moses should not be broken, are ye angry at me because I have made a man every whit whole on the Sabbath day? Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. 
Jesus tells them, your view of religion, and here's the big point that he's teaching them, your view of religion is wrong. Your view of the Sabbath day is skewed. Okay, so you're mad that I healed this lame man on the Sabbath day, but yet you guys do works on the Sabbath day. Well, wait a minute. What do we do? Well, you circumcise. It's Jewish law to circumcise the baby boys on the eighth day, even if that day falls on the Sabbath. Now, you're going to do that work, but you're going to get mad at me when, when I heal somebody because you've skewed the Sabbath day. And this is his whole point. The Sabbath was made for you, not you for the Sabbath. And, and these Pharisees started making all these laws when it came, come to the Sabbath day, what you can do and what you can't do on the Sabbath day. You know we've done that a lot of times in the church, what you can do on Sunday and what you can't do on Sunday. I've heard it all the time, people saying, well, you shouldn't do that on, on Sunday. Well, well, why not? Well, it's, it's the Lord's day. Well, what does that mean? Well, you can go home and watch football on TV because it's the Lord's day. But don't go out in the yard and play football because it's the Lord's day. Now, that's a man's preference. That's something that we've, we've decided that we're going to do. And that's what the Pharisees started doing. And so Jesus says, listen, your whole view of religion is wrong. And that brings us to our final point and what I want to get to this morning is man's response. Man's response. Going through verses 14 through 24 again, I want you to see how these folks respond. Verse 15, the Jews marveled, saying, how knoweth this man letters, having never learned? They questioned Jesus' ability instead of listening to his message. That was their response. They had the opportunity to hear Jesus. They had the opportunity to hear his teaching, but they didn't listen to the message because they were so consumed with challenging who he is and his ability. Who does he think he is? He didn't come from our schooling. He's not a part of our school. He's not a part of our clique. He's not from our background. How in the world is he teaching these things? And instead of listening to the truth, they wanted to challenge him. Then we see in verses 16 through 18 that man seeks to glorify, seeks to glorify himself. Verse 16, Jesus answered and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Notice this, he that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory, but he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. The idea here of what Jesus is saying is those that teach their preferences, those that sit on their soapbox and and are, and are trying to hold man to their laws, they're glorifying themselves, and they're unrighteous. But those that are teaching and judging based on the word of God, there's no unrighteousness in them. Because they're teaching, they're teaching the truth. Man seeks to glorify himself. You know, I've heard it oftentimes, if somebody comes up with some new idea, then we ought to be leery of that. If some new truth, some new um, law, some new mindset, hey, we, we ought to question that and confirm it with the word of God. Too often, people stand up in pulpits just like this and and they yell and scream and spit and never teach the Word of God. Those are people that we should mark and question and challenge without a doubt. And this is the people that Jesus is dealing with here. You're seeking to glorify yourself and, and promote yourself. 
So then how should we, how should we respond? And that brings us to verse 24. Jesus says, judge not according to the appearance. And here's what was happening. You're challenging me because I healed this guy on the Sabbath, but yet you guys circumcised. You've made all of these laws, and you're following man's religion, and you're judging me based on man's religion instead of, instead of the truth. And so Jesus is saying, judge not on appearance what you think is right, what you believe is to be right, but judge based on the truth. You see, we all think we know. And this is why it's so important that we know the scriptures so that we're judging biblically and not on our own understanding. You know, when, when people want to, to challenge me in something or question me, you know, and you ask them, you know, well, where is, where is that in the Bible and, and what biblical principle are you following there? And, and I'll be the first one to admit, not everything is laid out in, in, the, in the scriptures. You know, we never read the word computer in scriptures and how you should, um, you know, conduct yourself on the computer, but the Bible does say that we are to guard our eyes and we're to protect our heart and to be morally clean and morally right. And so there's some biblical principles that we, we put in place there. And there's some guidance that we have there. And, and I understand that. But when people want to question us and challenge us on something that we're doing, and then you say, well, where, where do we find that in the Bible? And, well, who do you think you are? Well, this is, what you, this is just what is right because it's right. You know, raising children, sometimes when they're young, you say, you know, you do this because I'm, I'm dad, because I'm mom, because I said so. But there should come a time when those kids are growing up where you can teach them truth. This is one of the big struggles that we've had in the church throughout history is, is people want to question and, and those in authority, they get, they get upset about it. Well, you shouldn't question me. Can I tell you today, questions are okay. We want people to ask questions because we want them to learn, learn the truth, to stand on, on the truth. I don't want people to stand on my word. I want them to stand on God's word. I don't want people to stand on my opinions, but I want them to know the truth and to be able to stand on the truth. You know, that's a biblical principle. We're to be able to give an account. We're to be able to give a, a reason for uh, the hope that is within us. We should be able to share our faith and to, to share why we do what we do. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. Jesus says, you're judging based on man's religion and based on what you believe is to be right, but you don't even know the scriptures. We need to judge based on righteous judgment. So don't judge on the superficial mindset of man and what you've been taught. Don't, don't, basically, don't, don't come at me if you don't even know the word of God. And you know, it's sad when we build our religion, we build our way of life, just on opinions and preferences and what we have been told. You know, it, it, it is terrible. It, uh, listen, I'll be honest. I believe everything I'm saying is right. But it is terrible if you take me at my word and never confirm it with the word of God. That is a terrible way to live. Because the reality is, is I know this. I know this is going to be recorded and I don't want to ever hear this again. I know that I'm wrong on something. All right? <laughs> I, I know that in my heart of hearts, even though I never want to admit it, there's probably something in my life that I'm wrong on. And so you need to confirm everything with the Word of God. And I don't believe I'm wrong. That's why I believe it, all right? But I might be, all right? So we need to confirm it with the Word of God. Judge based on righteous judgment. Everything that we're judging should be based on the Word of God. Hey, listen, I have no problem as a pastor 
preaching against homosexuality. I have no problem judging based on the word of God this whole gender fluidity, fluidity stuff that's going on in our world today. It drives me crazy when I watch a commercial and they say you're um, gender um, assigned at birth. Listen, that's stupid. Your gender was assigned by God when you were conceived. I have no problem judging that stuff. I have no problem judging alcoholics and alcoholism and people that are, uh, that are, that are um, addicted to gambling and, and, and throwing their money away and, and, and making their kids live out on the street and not have the things they should have because they're de- degenerate gamblers. I have no problem judging those things based on, based on the word of God. And that's how we should be. Hey, listen, people all the time judge me. I have no problem with that. I don't even give it a, a second thought. Because I know it's happening all over the place and the same thing is happening, happening to you. But my desire and my focus should be not concerned with what people think, but am I living according to the word of God? Hey, listen, if somebody wants to challenge me in my faith and I'm wrong, hey, listen, I should welcome people judging me and helping me grow in the Lord and become more like Jesus Christ. I should be ecstatic that somebody wants to help me grow in my faith. Even if they just want to, even if it's not that they want to help me grow, they just want to put me in my place. But that helps me grow in the Lord. Hey, praise the Lord for that. I always get amazed when I ask somebody if they've ever accepted Christ as their Savior and they get mad at me. Who do you think you are asking me that question? Hey, listen, when somebody asks me if I've ever accepted Christ, I'm ecstatic that somebody's preaching the gospel and trying to reach people um, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, we should be judging righteously. There's nothing wrong with that when we judge based on the Bible. But when we're judging based off of what we think, what we like, what we don't like, that's where the problem comes in. We need to stay true to the Word of God and apply it to our life, apply it to our life and help others do the same. Father, we thank you for your Word today. And Father, I know this is a topic that is very difficult in our world today because we all have preferences and opinions And it's difficult to separate that from the truth of Scripture. But I pray that our heart's desire and our motives would be pure. Our desire would be to judge based on righteous judgment and the truth of your word.